We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Pack a Day podcast. You can get all your Pack a Day updates by following us on Twitter at Pack a Day Podcast. So remember, you can always subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify. And of course, you can always check us out at CheeseheadTV.com. I'm Kyle Fellows, and I'm joined by both of my co-hosts this week, Maggie Loney and Andrew Mertig. We're back for another Friday edition of the podcast. How are you guys? Fired up, ready to go. It's mid-July. We're like right on the precipice of the season. So this is this is starting to get exciting and uh, wrapping up our series today. How, how are you doing, Maggie? I'm a little offended because my dog was laying on my feet and now he just got up and left, which is rude. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I love this series every year. So it's always a little bit bittersweet when it comes to an end, but it's always fun to do the the deep dives. Your dog is just upset that the series is ending. <laughs> it must be. <laughs> He's going back to listen to the old episodes that he missed. That's probably what's going on for sure. Um, we are back for another episode in this series. It does mean that we're getting a little bit closer to training camp and the actual season so that is exciting but for today's episode we're back to continue our current series where we're focusing on not what the Packers did this offseason but what their upcoming 2023 opponents did we've already put 11 of the Packers opponents under the microscope including all three of their NFC North rivals we've talked about their free agent additions and subtractions we talked their draft picks and other offseason moves so if you missed those Friday shows go back Check those out, just like Maggie's dog. But this week, we continue our journey through the Packers 2023 opponents with conversations around the New York Giants, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, so that'll be uh, weeks 14, 15, and 16 for the Green Bay Packers, the last three non-divisional games And we're talking December football here. The Packers do play the New York Giants in New Jersey. uh, Week 14 on Monday, December 11th. That's a 7.15 p.m. 
Uh, oh, nope. That's that's uh, I, I don't know what I just wrote there, but it's a 7.15 p.m. kickoff central time uh, because it is a Monday night football game. The Packers second of the season and the Packers are looking to get revenge on the Giants, who they, of course, lost to in London last year. Uh, the Giants are bringing back their second year coaching staff led by head coach Brian Dable, who is, of course, fantastic in his first year at the helm, coming over as the offensive coordinator from the Buffalo Bills. His offensive coordinator is Mike Kafka and then defensive coordinator, the legend Wink Martindale. Yeah, so then quite a few free agent additions for the Giants. Linebacker Bobby Ogariki from the Colts. Defensive lineman Rakeem Nunez-Roches from Tampa Bay. Defensive lineman Ashawn Robinson from the Rams. Two wide receivers, Paris Campbell from Indy. And then Jamison Crowder from the Bills. And then corner Amani Oruarie from the Lions. Some re-signings with some guys staying there with the Giants. Uh, Darius Slayton, defensive lineman Jihad Ward, and running back Matt Breida, and that is the list. Yeah, and and their losses really uh, only include safety Julian Love, who heads the Seattle center John Feliciano, who goes to the 49ers, and then guard Nick Gates to Washington. So really not much in terms of losing players for the Giants. Yeah, and they had a pretty pretty nice size draft class. They took Deontay Banks, the corner out of Maryland in the first round, pick 24. Uh, then in the second round, they picked up a center, John Michael Schmitz. Third round was Jalen Hyatt, the wide receiver out of Tennessee that we know Andrew loves so much. <laughs> round five was Eric Gray, the running back out of Oklahoma. Trey Hawkins, the third. Round six, the corner out of Old Dominion. In round seven, defensive tackle Jordan Riley from Oregon, and then Javarius Owens, the safety out of Houston in the seventh as well. Yeah, I don't know about you guys. I kind of love this draft class for the Giants. Deontay Banks was kind of one of my guys. I really, really liked him in the middle of the first round. John Michael Smith in the second felt like really good value to improve the offensive line here. And say what you want about Jalen Hyatt. I was not his biggest fan. Andrew and I had a good little uh, back and forth about him in the lead up to the draft. Andrew Mertig was a huge uh, Jalen Hyatt fan, but getting Hyatt in the third round was absolutely a steal, even if he's not a complete wide receiver yet. The ability to take the top off the defense will certainly open things up for guys like Wondell Robinson and Darren Waller for this offense. And then Eric Gray was also a really nice value there in the fourth round, obviously with Saquon in the fold. You hope you don't need a lot from someone like Gray, but I like them as someone who really has a high floor as a rotational back, but you could also uh, hit a higher higher ceiling, like someone like a Miles Sanders maybe in, you know, in his future of someone he could kind of project as if he hits his ceiling. So I love what the New York Giants did in this draft. Yeah, and so let's take a look at what their offense is going to look like with all of those additions. And so Daniel Jones comes back under the helm as quarterback off of a, a really good bounce back year for him. Terod Taylor is the backup at running back, of course. That room is led by Saquon Barkley. Uh, a little bit of depth there, Brita, and then the aforementioned Eric Gray. The weapons, which were a huge question mark all of last year. Isaiah Hodgins kind of emerged, and, and they'll look to him and Darius Slayton to be their starting outside wide receivers. They did add Paris Campbell, Jalen Hyatt, Wandale Robinson, Sterling Shepard. So a fair bit of depth there, even if there's not necessarily like a, a superstar um, at any position. And then, of course, the acquisition, Darren Waller coming over in the trade from the Las Vegas Raiders. He's going to wear number 12, which is very bizarre. 
Uh, don't love that. Uh, Daniel Bellinger, who looked really, really good as a rookie, is the backup there. Um, so some good weapons. And then across the offensive line, Andrew Thomas, who is phenomenal at left tackle. Ben Bredesen is slated in at left guard, the Wisconsin native. Ben Bredesen. John Michael Schmitz at center. Mike uh, Mark Glowinski, excuse me, the veteran at right guard. And then Evan Neal, uh, the once very highly drafted, who's been a little disappointing, uh, Neal at right tackle. Yeah, so I mean, I think this wide receivers room is honestly really interesting because, you know, I think Hyatt comes in and contributes right away. I'm not sure how much those guys you listed kind of move the needle as a trio when you've got Hodgins, Slayton, and Campbell. But, I mean, I think they have the potential to put up some decent numbers, especially um, as complementary receivers when you have a guy like Darren Waller who can take a lot of those targets and a lot of the pressure. I just don't know if there's like a true wide receiver one in that bunch. Um, But... I mean, they're trying to hang with the Eagles and the Cowboys, right? So I think firepower is certainly going to be important for the offense. Saquon is Saquon. He's going to put up points, especially after a healthy season under his belt, 1,300 rushing yards. So I think, you know, if if Daniel Jones plays like the Daniel Jones that got himself a contract, then their room is probably set up pretty nicely, this offense. But he got sacked 44 times last year, so they also need to work on keeping him upright. That was fifth most in the league. So offensive line works on that. And I'm honestly really curious to see what that wide receiver room shakes out like. Absolutely. And then defense, which is uh, really where the Giants shine last year, this defensive line, which already had Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence, two of the best young players uh, at the defensive line position across the league, went out and added Sean Robinson and then Rakeem Nunez Roches, as well as depth. And so, man, that that is going to be one of the better units in the league for sure. At edge, you have Aziz Ojolari and Kayvon Thibodeau, who are both really, really nice young prospects. Jihad Ward and O'Shane Jimenez. Uh, are some really fun depth pieces as well. At off-ball linebacker, you have the free agent addition Bobby Okereke, and then Jared Davis returning as well. Uh, Darian Beavers, a former draft crush of Maggie, uh, <laughs> as depth there. And then, uh, you know, the secondary, which I think might have been perceived as the weakness, you get Deontay Banks in the first round, who I know Kyle really likes, although I will say a cornerback wearing number 36, not so great, mm. uh, to join Adoree Jackson. And then um, at slot corner, you have Cordell Flott. And at safety, Bobby McCain and Xavier McKinney. I'm trying to think of a number 36 to come back at you with, but I can't think of any. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Merton corners. Hanks was a safety. And, of course, we know the Packers history with 36. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's rough. Yeah, I don't know. That's, that's a tough one for sure. But I'll nice think about job it. with a lot of those names. You nailed those. So nice, nice work with a lot of a lot of complicated names there, sir. The defensive line is what jumps off the page here for me, honestly. Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence, Ashawn Robinson. Really, really complete, nice group that they have there, as you mentioned. If if they can get a jump from Aziz Ojalari and a second year player like Kayvon Thibodeau, I think this defense could take a big step forward, even from where they were. It's interesting that first round pick Deontay Banks is already slotted in as that starting cornerback opposite of Adoree Jackson. He'll need to beat out uh, Armani Arwarie. Not as good as you, but there it is. Uh, it seems like they do expect him to start, Deontay Banks. And that's going to be interesting as a corner uh, coming into the league. So how he performs as a rookie will have a big impact on this defense for the Giants this year. Yeah, so I think just quick overall impressions then of the roster. To me personally, 
I think that this roster did get better. I mentioned, you know, the addition of Waller on offense already, but I think where this team really shines is what you both just talked about, right? It's that defensive side of the ball. Kyle just said it, you know, you've got Dexter Lawrence, Ashton Robinson, Leonard Williams. Secondary has some nice pieces. Thibodeau and Ojolari are a really fun young edge tandem that I think their arrow is pointing straight up. So the draft and free agency absolutely helped this this team get better. There were only a few losses that Andrew mentioned. So I think for sure this team is a wild card contender again. You know, better roster than last year. And last year they won a playoff game against the NFC North Vikings. So I'm not sure they are going to be able to dethrone the Eagles as the best team in the NFC East or anything. But they're certainly a team with plenty of playoff potential. And I'm ready to see what Brian Dable does in year two. Yeah, glad you mentioned Dayball because this is a team that, despite their perceived lack of talent, really, really did well. And it it felt like the coaches got the most out of their talent, and that gives you a lot of hope for what they can do with a more talented roster. A team that maybe didn't get enough out of their talent last year was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and that is who the Packers are going to face in Week 15 on Sunday, December 17th. That's a noon Central time kickoff uh, at Lambeau Field, and the Buccaneers coaching staff is led by who Maggie is going to talk about. (laughs) You're on a roll. You could do it. Todd Bowles, obviously the head coach there. Um, Dave Canellis, the offensive coordinator after they fired Byron Lefwich, and then DC is Casey Rogers and Larry Foote kind of, kind of splitting that. So that's that's an interesting, uh, unique. Yeah. I would assume Todd Bowles is kind of the de facto defensive coordinators, but weird to have co-defensive coordinators with a defensive head coach. And then Byron Leftwich, what a uh, fall for the mighty. He was basically (laughs) insured the Jacksonville Jaguars head coaching job. Didn't want it because he wanted control over who the GM was and then gets fired from the Buccaneers (laughs) here at Petrino head coaching job. Weird, weird, weird life that coaches live. Uh, as far as free agency additions, some names here. Uh, quarterback Baker Mayfield is going to come over from the L.A. Rams circa the Carolina Panthers. Uh, and uh, <laughs> another former Ram, Craig Gaines, the defensive lineman. Guard Matt Filer also coming over in this train from L.A. to Tampa Bay. Uh, but he was on the Chargers. Ryan Neal, the safety from Seattle. Running back Chase Edmonds from Denver, who just really loves the state of Florida. Uh, after going to the Dolphins last year and getting traded midseason to the Broncos. And then kicker Chase McLaughlin from the Indianapolis Colts. The re-signings list here is pretty short. They keep defensive back Jamil Dean and linebacker Levante David, who feels like he's been in the league forever, but a, a staple there in Tampa, <laughs> and they keep him around. Yeah, and some pretty significant free agent losses here. Wide receivers Scotty Miller and Rashad Perryman. Offensive tackle Donovan Smith, he heads to the Chiefs. Safety Mike Edwards, also to the Chiefs. Defensive lineman, you just talked about him. Rakeem Nunez-Rochez goes to the Giants. Safety Keanu Neal heads to Pittsburgh. And then there's, of course, you know, Tom Brady retired. That seems kind of like the headliner here. It's the big one, even though it's not technically a free agent loss, I guess. And then there are, of course, some really good players that remain unsigned free agents. So Leonard Fortnette being on that list, Akeem Hicks, Julio Jones, and then Cameron Brait. All of them remain unsigned. 
Okay, so this is a team that is entering a period of probably getting a little bit younger, and so this draft class that they have is going to be really important for them as they move forward. In the first round at pick 19, they took Kalijah Kansi from Pittsburgh, the defensive tackle. The second round uh, at pick 48, a pick that the Packers did have at one point uh, that originally belonged to the Lions in that uh, double trade back they had there in the second round. Uh, the Bucks ended up with that pick and took Cody Mock, the offensive tackle out of North Dakota State. Round three, Yaya Diaby, the edge from Louisville. The fifth round is Sir Vosha Dennis, the linebacker from Pittsburgh, a player that I did not watch, admittedly. Uh, round five, we have Payne Durham, the tight end from Purdue. Round six, Josh Haynes, the defensive back from Kansas State. Round six, Trey Palmer, wide receiver, Nebraska. And one more sixth-round pick, Jose Ramirez, the edge that a lot of people are kind of high on from Eastern Michigan. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a really fun draft class for the Bucks. You said they're getting younger. Um, obviously, Kalijah can't see that that defensive line is thin for the Bucks, so he's going to come in and have to produce right away as their first-round pick. Um, I really want to see Ryan Jensen and Cody Mock together. I've, I think they did right in the beginning of training camp or in the beginning of, like, OTAs. They took those pictures um, with their missing teeth and their, their fiery red <laughs> hair, and that was pretty fantastic. So they're kind of a, a fun thing to picture at uh, center and guard. Um, I liked Payne Durham quite a bit as a late-round tight end prospect if the Packers were going to go that direction. Um, so I think, you know, if you hit on your first couple selections, which – it feels promising for the Bucks, you know, before the pads actually come on, then that's all that matters for your draft class, right? And I think that the Bucks got some really solid names in their first couple selections. Yeah, and so taking a look at their offensive depth chart, this is a team that really struggled even with Tom Brady last year. And Baker Mayfield gets thrown into this offense without a lot of changes. Uh, Rashad White is expected to be the star at running back. We will see how that goes with Chase Edmonds and Keyshawn Vaughn. Uh, a lot of backups there. And then um, at wide receiver, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, certainly a very formidable duo at wide receiver. Russell Gage is still there as well. Not a whole heck of a lot of depth. Kate Otten seems like a promising young tight end. And then across the offensive line, Tristan Wirfs at left tackle. And then a whole lot of uncertainty. The middle of that offensive line was terrible last year, but they do bring in free agent addition Matt Filer to play guard. Cody Mock, who we just talked about a bunch, uh, is expected to start as a rookie. Luke Gadecki slides over to right tackle. And then Ryan Jensen coming back off of that injury at center. So they're going to hope that that line can hold up a whole heck of a lot better than it did for Tom Brady. 
So this is a super intriguing roster. Lots of talent, but also uh, competition at key points, right? Cody Mock is penciled in to start there as a rookie. That's, you know, obviously you just don't know what you're going to get out of a rookie, but he could, you know, play great right out of the gate. You've got a quarterback competition between Baker and Kyle Trask. It, it seems that may not be completely settled. Of course, they paid Baker, so we'll see what happens there. Kate Otten could be a breakout tight end candidate, but Payne Durham, Maggie just mentioned, he'll be a fun one to watch to see if he can earn significant snaps. It's kind of that do-it-all uh, tight end that impacts the game in multiple ways. And of course, we, you just mentioned Rashad White, right? This is kind of the de facto running back one. But then you didn't mention uh, undrafted free agent Sean Tucker is there, right? And for me, like his issues were a lot of like durability concerns, right? And I just kind of feel like He's probably better than Keyshawn Vaughn. He's probably better than Chase Edmonds, or at least whatever's keeping Chase Edmonds off the field. I just am curious if he's going to impact this running back room a little bit more early on. That'll be kind of a fun one to watch. I think he got a pretty decent signing bonus as an, a UDFA, too. So just kind of a fun one there. Uh, a lot that could go wrong here for this team, especially this offense. But it's not a team without talent. The pass catchers are good. The offensive line is really good. So it'll be interesting to see if maybe the Bucks surprise maybe a little bit on offense, just because I think a lot of people are probably dismissing them at this point. Absolutely. And then flipping over to the defensive side of the ball, uh, certainly a lot of top-end talent and starters, but not a whole heck of a lot of depth. Uh, they'll hope from a or hope for a jump, I should say, from uh, defensive end Logan Hall. They have nose tackle Supreme Vitavea. Uh, Kalijah Kansi joins the rotation as a really intriguing rookie. And then another player coming off the edge, Joy, uh, Joe Tryon Shoyinka, I should say. Uh, and then Shaquille Barrett, opposite of him. They have uh, Levante David, who continues to be so underrated as a star off-ball linebacker. And then Devin White, who continues to be so overrated as an <laughs> off-ball linebacker. And then at corner, Jamel Dean and Carlton Davis return as veterans at safety of Ryan Neal and Antoine Winfield Jr., yeah, I mean, this this is a, a draft class that there wasn't a ton of depth along the defensive line, so I think that's a concern there. Um, Logan Hall, second-round pick last season, like you said, you're hoping that he takes a jump there. Cansey comes in and hopefully makes an impact right away as a rookie. But it's like you said, there's not a, a lot of depth, I think, on this this defensive side of the ball in general, but the, the defense is loaded with talent. I mean, say what you want about Devin White, but White and David, I think, are one of the best inside linebacker tandems in the NFL. They've got a freakishly talented secondary. Um, I'm not sure, you know, that this is like a Super Bowl winning defense by any stretch, but I think could it be an NFC South winning defense? Sure. You know, if the offense can put things together, the NFC South is pretty wide open. Yeah, I'm going to piggyback on what Maggie's saying here because the Bucks should absolutely regress in 2023, I think. Uh, this is a rebuild year for them. This is the year where they're figuring out what's next. But the NFC South is not very good. It's probably going to take some time for Bryce Young and the Panthers to put it all together. The Falcons have a lot of talent. They just love spending draft picks on, uh, you know, weapons. But Desmond Ritter is a massive question mark there. And the Saints feel like a team that's kind of stuck in mediocrity and not willing to accept that they need to rebuild. So I don't think the Bucks are going to be good. But I do think that the strength of their defense that Maggie talked about and their offensive line being good and having weapons, it's going to keep them in a lot of games. If they happen to stumble, 
you know, upon competent quarterback play, like from one of these guys, they're, they're able to play above what people expect. I do think they could win the NFC South. And when the Packers play Tampa, it's going to be late enough in the season that their quarterback situation could be settled. They could know what they're doing there and they could have some chemistry. So Tampa is a very beatable team, but I definitely think that they're a team that you can't look past because, you know, they don't have Brady. So maybe you're tempted to look past them, but they're just not a bad football team. So you talked about the NFC South and the aforementioned Carolina Panthers, who are, are are the next team on the schedule for the Green Bay Packers. That is in week 16. That is in Carolina, and it's on Sunday, December 24th. Nice preview. Uh, get to sit down on your uh, Christmas break and watch a little football. That's a noon central time kickoff, and the Panthers are led by a brand-new coaching staff that Kyle is going to talk about. Yeah, with all the buzz, you know, about this Carolina Panthers rebuild and all the, you know, the players and the early picks that they spent, I've talked to a couple of Carolina Panthers fans, and the things that they're most excited about is this coaching staff. And obviously that can be some empty hope because that doesn't always translate. But head coach Frank Wright coming in there, offensive coordinator Thomas Brown, defensive coordinator uh, Jairo Evero coming over from the Broncos. Uh, this is a staff that also includes the likes of Josh McCown as quarterback coach, Deuce Staley as the running backs coach, James Campen, of course, former Packer coach as the offensive line coach there. Dom Capers is a senior defensive assistant, so lots of familiarity there for the Packers fans. Um, D'Angelo Hall, former corner for the Atlanta Falcons, is coaching the DBs. So a really interesting collection of coaches for this new staff that's really tasked with rebuilding the Carolina Panthers. It's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, that's a fun group, and... I know that the Jets are like, you know, the must watch team for hard knocks, but that would have been a really interesting coaching staff and like yeah. environment to be around for hard knocks. Absolutely. Free agent additions then for the Panthers. They have wide receiver Adam Thielen getting him out of the NFC North. Running back Miles Sanders comes over from the Eagles. Safety Von Bell from Cincinnati and tight end Hayden Hurst from the Bengals as well. Defensive lineman Shy Tuttle from New Orleans and quarterback Andy Dalton from the Saints and then wide receiver DJ Chark from the Lions. Yeah, and then re-signings, they brought back center Bradley Bozeman, kicker Eddie Pinheiro, tackle Cameron Irvin, and defensive lineman Henry Anderson. The free agent losses list includes linebacker Corey Littleton, who not that long ago was a player the Packers really, Packers fans really wanted. That's an interesting one. Tampa Bay uh, lost... What? <laughs> this is a running back, Deonta Foreman, that, with a typo here that's tripping me up here. Tailback. Uh, tailback. tailback. Yeesh. All right. It's 1990 tailback. all over again. Man, that caught me off guard there. Tailback, Deonta Foreman comes <laughs> over, uh, and quarterback Sam Darnold also uh, losing, uh, leaving to the San Francisco 49ers, of course. Wide receiver DJ Moore, the big loss there going up to Chicago. So. Uh, I'm going to unpack this a little bit more and learn what a tailback is as you guys continue on the show. <laughs> yeah, so first overall pick in the 2023 NFL draft, and they select quarterback Bryce Young out of Alabama with that, you know, the pick they got from Chicago. Second round, they took wide receiver Jonathan Mingo out of Ole Miss. In the third, they took DJ Johnson, the edge rusher out of Oregon. In the fourth, Chandler Zavala the guard out of NC State. And then in round five, they took safety Jamie Robinson from Florida State. So not not that many picks, just five selections, but some really impactful players, hope, hopefully, they're hoping. 
Yeah, this class will forever be judged by Bryce Young and his success or lack of that, right? The the Carolina Panthers traded the farm for the chance to take the first player in this draft class. They had to decide who that was going to be. And even with those size concerns, they took Young. So if he's good, it'll all be worth it. Obviously, sending DJ Moore to the Bears is a big loss. That's something they're going to have to replace. Getting Mingo in the second gives them a chance to pair him with Bryce uh, as you know someone who's going to come in and join him very early in his career. Hopefully, they can build that chemistry. And then Jamie Robinson was one of my favorite players in the draft. He's small, but he plays big. I know he's a fifth-round pick, but I think he can kind of be that tone setter for the defense who will give them versatility as a nickel defender, safety, kind of robber type. Uh, they only made those fifth, five selections, like Maggie said, but I think they got some really impactful players with this class. Yeah, and so, of course, Bryce Young is going to be the starter at quarterback, but Andy Dalton provides a veteran presence that, you know, I, I'm guessing – Young is going to start from day one, but if they wanted to ease him in a little bit, Dalton gives you that option. Miles Sanders, of course, comes over as the running back. Talked a lot about him with Chuba Hubbard as the backup. And wide receivers, some interesting weapons. Uh, Terrace Marshall Jr., DJ Chark, Adam Thielen, Jonathan Mingo, LaVisca Chenault, Shai Smith. So at least some really good depth there. Um, and then a tight end, of course, Hayden Hurst, who we talked about previously, Ian Thomas and Tommy Tremble. And then across the offensive line, Ika McQuanu will get the chance at left tackle to be the guy who looked pretty good as a rookie. Uh, Brady Christensen at left guard, Bradley Bozeman at center, Austin Corbett at right guard, and Taylor Moten, a really, really underrated right tackle in the league. So this is just a completely brand new offense. I mean, if you want to talk about an overhaul, I mean, last year's offense was Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold as the team starting quarterbacks, throwing to DJ Moore and handing the ball off to Christian McCaffrey. And now it is a rookie quarterback um, who's got a vet presence in Adam Thielen, solid rookie contributor in Jonathan Mingo, DJ Chark, like you said, Lavishka Chenault also kind of round out that room, new tight end Hayden Hurst for him to lean on. So there's going to be growing pains, obviously, for this offense. But like we've been saying, the NFC South is still wide open and the coaching staff is fun. The offensive pieces are fun. Um, nice mix of, I think, reliability and then newness. Um, so a lot for Bryce Young to lean on, I think. Yeah, and playing them late in the season may be a disadvantage for the Packers, whereas early in the season they might be young and inexperienced, but um, certainly gaining a lot of traction, as we would expect for the Packers' offense, too. Uh, across the defense, the Panthers uh, will line up Deshaun Williams at defensive end, Shai Tuttle, the free agent acquisition, and then Derek Brown uh, as well. On the edges, Yeter Gross-Matos. And, of course, Brian Burns, who I, I guess the Packers could have drafted at some point. Um, I've, I've heard that before. Uh, Shaq Thompson, an off-ball linebacker. Frankie Louvu had a really, really nice season last year. Uh, so kind of an underrated off-ball linebacker there. In the defensive backfield, we have J.C. Horn, who everybody loves. Dante Jackson, Xavier Woods at safety uh, with the newly acquired Von Bell. Jeremy Chin is a really fun chess piece, nickelback kind of player. And some good depth there, too. Eric Rowe, Jamie Robinson, C.J. Henderson coming over. Yeah, I love the potential for this secondary to become one of the better units in the league, actually. Chin, Dante Jackson, Xavier Woods, Von Bell, J.C. Horn. You just mentioned these guys now, rookie Jamie Robinson. This is a group that might kind of seem mediocre and pieced together right now. But I'm guessing that defensive coordinator Evero is going to get a little bit more out of guys like Dante Jackson and even guys like C.J. Henderson, who's just kind of 
been labeled as a bust to this point in his career. I'm expecting this unit to be much improved in 2023. Brian Burns and Derek Brown are studs for this defense, but they need help from young guys like Jaeger Grossmatos and Shai Tuttle to take that next step in their careers and be the guys that can hold the rest of that front together. Uh, I really like the talent on this team, and I think with that new coaching, they should be an improved group. Yeah, and so this part of the schedule is three teams that have a lot of promise, a lot of upside, but certainly these are games that if the Packers do end up being competitive and making it through that really tough stretch that we've talked about the last couple of weeks, these are the games the Packers are going to need to win to put themselves in position to get into the playoffs with those last two divisional games. So a really interesting stretch. I think this is a really interesting activity, as Kyle said at the beginning, if you want to go back and listen to any of the other matchup previews, uh, we've been doing them every Friday for uh, about uh, six, seven weeks. And so this is a great exercise to get us ready for training camp, which is right around the corner um, and, and a really good activity. So I hope you enjoyed that. But that is all the time that we have for today. This has been the Packaday Podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Pundit. You can find Maggie at Maggie J. Loney. And also check out Pack's What She Said. And you can find me at Andrew Mertig. Please subscribe and give the Packaday Podcast a five-star rating if you like what we're doing. You can catch Kyle, Maggie, and myself every Friday. And next week we'll be back with more off-season discussion and to get you ready for training camp. Thanks for listening. And as always, remember... Chapman, welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.